Hello and welcome to this latest episode of Chasing Creativity. I'm Kiran Manral, your host. Every week I do a deep dive into creativity. Sometimes I chat with a guest and at others like today, I chat with you about things related to creativity. We creative people are all quite crazy. I'm sure you agree. Sometimes we might seem perfectly sane on the outside, but let us not kid you. Scratch the surface and the craziness will show through. It would seem like some degree of crazy is essential to being creative, no matter how well we mask it. But the crazy that fuels our creativity sometimes gives rise to absolutely strange superstitions and rituals that creative people follow. Don't believe me? Well, let me tell you about some of the absolute crazy, weird, totally cuckoo rituals that absolute creative geniuses followed in order to be as productive as they were. Trust me, they're all absolutely, completely and totally the whole truth and nothing but the truth, so help me God. Let's start with me. Do I have crazy rituals? Nothing quite as crazy as what is to follow in this episode, but I do have some writing quirks. I write on a desk facing a blank wall and only on a desktop, not a laptop. My drafts for my articles will be in Calibri 12. Manuscripts for novels will be in Garamond 14. Why? Why these fonts? Why these sizes? I don't know. It's just how it is. There are others, works that are perhaps completely out there and far beyond fiddling with the font on the screen and facing a blank wall. I must also remove all my bracelets, watch, rings when I'm in the first draft for a novel. It's almost like I don't want anything to weigh my hands down. Well, science bears us out. To quote science columnist Eric Jaff from an article he wrote back in 2013, the idea that very creative people are also a little crazy has been around since humanity's earliest days. It is a free pass that most creative people get when the world allows them their creativity and the madness that fuels this creativity. If you go through the lives of most creative geniuses, you will find something strange about their creative processes. They may not work for you, but these completely worked for them. Sometimes it is like a ritual they do, a superstition they have, or a certain routine that they must compulsively follow. This varies from person to person. It can be as simple as fiddling with the fonts on the screen, or it can be, you know, sitting at an open window as naked as the day you were born when you're reading or writing like Benjamin Franklin. Well, I don't really recommend his method unless you're willing to risk the police being called in by an offended neighbor. But there are others you can look at or create your own. Why not? First, let's look at who did what. There is substance abuse, although I don't quite recommend it. Hemingway did say write drunk and edit sober. Coolidge did write Kublai Khan under some very potent influence. Musicians and mind-altering substances have always been an open secret. John Paul Sartre chewed on enough tablets to meet 10 times the recommended daily dosage of Corridrin, which is a mix of amphetamine and aspirin. Auden, Anne Rand and Graham Greene, they had Benzedrine. The mathematician Paul Erdros had his Ritalin and Benzedrine. And most of the others have had plain vanilla addictions to vodka, whiskey, gin, you name it. And cigarettes. And coffee, of course. Many creative geniuses have been addicted to coffee. Beethoven measured out his beans. Kierkegaard poured black coffee over a cup full of sugar. 
and then gulped down the concoction. That makes my teeth ache just thinking about it. Balzac drank 50 cups a day, 50 cups of coffee a day. Beethoven counted coffee beans. He had 60 per cup. There are other rituals which uh, are less harmful to the system. The painter Georgia O'Keeffe rose early to drink tea alone in bed and watch the sunrise before she entered her studio. Charles Dickens insisted on sleeping facing north. He believed it improved his creativity. Picasso, he refused to throw out his fingernail clippings and other bodily detritus for fear of squandering his ascents. The composer Igor Stravinsky stood on his head in order to clear his brain. The novelist Marcel Proust breakfasted on opium and croissants. That was quite an unusual combination for breakfast, I must say. The playwright Frederick Schiller could only write in the presence of the smell of rotting apples. That is a strange predilection to have. Gertrude Stein wrote in a moving car, while lounging in the passenger side of her Model T Ford, while her partner Alice Toklas drove her around town. This might have been damn rough on poor Alice. They had to find a cow that inspired Stein, and that took a great deal of driving through rural areas before she could feel inspired to write. The novelist Dan Brown believes that inversion therapy is one of the best ways to relax to concentrate on his work, that is, hanging upside down using a specialized table. Well, I don't recommend this on a full stomach. Agatha Christie had a peculiar habit of eating apples in the bath while dreaming up her murder mysteries. She also said that the best time to think about plot was while doing the dishes. So there's something to be said about doing chores that can free the creative parts of the brain. Dr. Seuss wore a whimsical hat when he felt creatively blocked and had an impressive collection of several hundred hats. He tried on different hats until he felt creatively inspired enough. I wonder which one he chose when he wrote A Cat in a Hat. Anthony Burgess, the author of A Clockwork Orange, challenged himself to use the words of one page of the dictionary to create a description. Virginia Woolf, Ernest Hemingway, Charles Dickens, Thomas Jefferson all preferred standing desks while writing. Maya Angelou had a very interesting creative ritual. She went to a hotel room where she booked it by the month and she would go there from 6 in the morning to 1 in the afternoon and write. The room had to be clear. She would ask the staff to remove everything from the walls. Vladimir Nabokov he preferred to do all his writing on lined index cards. Lewis Carroll wrote in purple ink. Haruki Murakami credits a running habit with bolstering his creativity. He's even written about it in a book, which I think is a bible for all creative people, not just writers. It's called What I Talk About When I Talk About Running. Truman Capote, Mark Twain, George Orwell, Edith Wharton, they were all amongst those who lay down in bed and wrote their books. Victor Hugo had a very interesting quirk. He would strip off all his clothes, hand them across to his servant, lock the door. His clothes were not to be returned to him until he felt he had written something substantial. Ingmar Bergman ate a strange kind of baby food every day for lunch. Patricia Highsmith ate bacon and fried eggs for every meal. Composer Igor Stravinsky would pop into a quick headstand when facing a creative block. Will borrowing these exact rituals work for you? Will they enhance your creativity? Probably not. Most of them have narrow relevance to their inventors. 
Therefore, you must be creative enough to create your own rituals and superstitions. Can you plan your own rituals to jumpstart your creativity? More often than not, you won't have to plan it. It will come to you automatically. If you are a true creative soul, if something doesn't cause anyone else any inconvenience or harm, or harms your physical body, you should probably take it up if it helps you. Whether it is driving around town to find the cow that inspires you, hanging upside down, or riding to the smell of rotten apples. Although in Mumbai, all we need is to open the window and catch a whiff of sea breeze and fish being dried. What this probably tells us, if nothing else, is that there is no fixed formula for creative genius, and we should all be free to examine what works best for us. For me, I'd like to add the option of Nutella on warm toast at regular intervals through the day as my personal creative ritual, but that's not a very waistline-friendly option. And with that, it is a wrap on this episode of Chasing Creativity. This is Kiran Manral signing out. And yes, whatever floats your boat when it comes to being creative. And I repeat, as long as you're not physically harming yourself or anyone else, do what it takes to keep your creative juices flowing. Hope you found this episode of value. Do let me know your thoughts on my social media or share your own creative rituals with me. I'm available at Kiran Manral everywhere. And do subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Binge Pods, and wherever else you get your dose of audio content. See you next week.